Good morning or good evening, world, wherever you are. I pray that you all are having a blessed day on this day. I am going to touch on a subject that may not get a lot of airplay or attention, but I am here to change that prayerfully. Uh, my topic is going to be domestic violence and abuse against children and elderly and domestic violence against men and women. I talk about in my podcast and what my podcast is about is moving forward. And along this journey, there are things we will need to do and habits that we will have to develop in order to move forward. But there are times when it is necessary to talk and discuss openly in a safe space the things that truly hold us back, the things that are going on in our lives that some may see, but that you do not want to talk freely because of shame, of guilt, of ignorance, and that's that's normal. You know, you may not want to talk about it because being vulnerable and really uh, displaying what's going on in your home, which is supposed to be a safe place, um, which may be a, a wrecking ball. It could be a mess. It could be um, hell in in high water. It could be uh, anything going on in your home, and you don't want to maybe discuss openly. You know, even with people who you feel like you can trust, because I don't know. Sometimes maybe holding on to pain and the little bit of pride that you may have, or just being ashamed that you have allowed yourself to stay in such a situation. But I pray that you will get through it, and I pray that you will get through it safely. Um, We can talk about relationships. We can talk about wanting a better life, but domestic violence against women, against men, against children is happening even as I am speaking and recording for this podcast. Um, This topic comes with much prayer and seeking God to ask for help um, and how to articulate as best as I can you know, the subject that God has put on my heart to uh, talk about. Um, And I am not saying that God is going to take a long time with uh, getting you out of a situation that he does not want you in. Um, But when we operate um, in disobedience sometimes, because sometimes we can see, you know, the warning signs um, in someone. And I know that you know, some people may say, you know, how can you say something like that when a person's being uh, abused and and is being hurt and battered? But it's not that I'm trying to be mean or come off as harsh, but even me, when I look back on my past relationships, I can see that there were warning signs of not even um, so much as and not to say that I've been uh, in any of my serious relationships, not to say that I was physically abused or you know anything like that. Just seeing the signs that this person is not for me, you know, just knowing that if God did not say yes to this person, then that means it's no. And God isn't going to take three years for him to 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 reveal to you who your husband or your, your wife is. Um, if you guys are dating, God is, I don't think God would take that long. Um, sometimes I think that we try to hold on to relationships for for numerous reasons. Um, and I'm not trying to sound sensitive, but we do. We hold on to people for numerous reasons, even when we know that even though this person is, is not terrible, 
it's just not right for us. So I do believe that, you know, even with um, domestic violence situations, a lot of times and for a lot of people, there are warning signs. There are some relationships where there really is no warning sign, really. And I've, I've seen that. But in a lot of relationships, a lot of the times there are warning signs and there are red flags. Now, there are some people who they can... the there are people, and I'm talking about uh, the predators, the people who do the abusing emotionally, physically, uh, spiritually, uh, things like that. There are those who are predators. Um, they prey on certain type of men and women and children. And they can hide it very well. But I am a firm believer that you may can hide it for a time being, but eventually their demons will pop out because you can't hide who you really are for too long. You can mask it and you can put up a front, but eventually your bones is going to start to spill out of your closet. So when I say that, yes, there are signs. And and, and when I talk about being disobedient um, to God, when we know that when we enter these relationships, maybe the Holy Spirit gave us a warning and said no. Maybe the Holy Spirit gave us a warning in hindsight and said, you know what, this person is not for you. Sometimes God may not reveal to you who this person is or what they are capable of. Sometimes all the Holy Spirit has to say from God is the word no or put on your heart that why do you feel uncomfortable in your spirit every time you're around this person, but your flesh is maybe attracted to them? Or how come, you know, you hear God saying no, but not specifically why? And and we've all been there. Like, I've been there. I'm not going to sit up there and say that I haven't entered um, a sexual uh, relationship with someone in a physical relationship with someone emotionally when I knew that the signs were there that this person was not who God had for me. I'm not going to sit up there and act like, you know, my life has always been um, on a straight and narrow path because it has not. Um, I know what it's like to get into a relationship and God says no. I know what it's like to be blinded by um, deceit, lies, things like that. So I know all these things so I can speak on a part of um, the disobedience and what I want to say about disobedience is that for those who, I'm not talking about the ones who really honestly thought that these men and women were nice people and you've gotten married or you had a child and they just turn into, you know, Cruella or a Jezebel. I'm not talking about that because there are, like I said before, there are really people who really know how to hide their demons. Well, I'm talking about for the people who, you know, you've seen the warning signs, you've seen the red flags, you've, you've heard God say no, you've felt uncomfortable in your spirit um, when you connect with this person, but somehow your flesh is attracted to them. That's the type of disobedience I'm talking about. And um, when we operate in disobedience, we have to sometimes back our way out of a situation that we got ourselves into. And now we have to try to do do it as safely as possible when we're talking specifically about domestic violence, um, about domestic assault, um, battery against a child, you know, and the list goes on. So that's what I mean by that disobedience when I say that we have to try to back our way out of situations that we gotten ourselves into. And I know sometimes we don't want to hear it, but we do have to be accountable for our actions in a way where if we're not accountable for our actions, if we're not in touch with reality to say, you know what, if I would have just listened to God, if I would have just not um, 
said yes past the the facade or whatever it is, you know, you have to say I would not be in a situation. And accountability is important. Acknowledging our flaws flaws is important because it helps us later on down the road. Um, so that way we can learn what our weaknesses are. We can learn, okay, the next time this happens, prayerfully, you know how to look past the one of signs that says, you know what, I'm not going to entertain this person. I'm not going to entertain these type of people. Um, let me build up some healthy boundaries so that way this doesn't happen again. But in addition to that, we cannot sometimes get a do-over. You know, you've entered into the relationship and there's abuse, there's domestic violence, and what have you, and now you're in a situation, and I'm not casting blame on anyone, I'm not casting blame on, you know, life, I'm just saying that if you're in a domestic violence situation, um, now the only thing that is, is important is getting yourself out, and you may be thinking, well, am I in a domestic violence uh, situation? Um, how do I know, you know, what is happening to me? Um, what is domestic violence? Um, domestic violence is uh, abuse emotionally, physically, verbally, um, within your relationship with your significant other, uh, your intimate partner in your home life. Um, let me read something that I researched. For you concerning the uh, definition of domestic violence. Now, I'm getting this from um, the ncadv.org uh, website. And it says, what is domestic violence? Domestic violence is the willful intimidation, physical assault, battery assault, sexual assault, and or other abusive behavior as part of a systematic pattern of power and control perpetrated by one intimate partner against another. It includes physical abuse, sexual violence, psychological violence, and emotional abuse. The frequency and severity of domestic violence can vary dramatically. However, the one constant component of domestic violence is one, one, is one partner's consistent efforts to maintain power and control over the other. Domestic violence is an academic affecting individuals in every community regardless of age, economic, economic status, sexual orientation, gender, race, religion, or nationality. So abuse can happen to any person of any age, whether you're rich, you're poor, whether you are homosexual, bisexual, uh, heterosexual, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, it doesn't matter if you're African-American, Chinese, Asian, um, it doesn't matter if you're Catholic, Christian, um, Methodist, it can be anything. And it is often accompanied by emotional abuse and controlling behavior that is only a fraction of a systematic pattern of dominance and control. Domestic violence can result in physical injury, psychological trauma, and in severe cases, even death. The devastating physical and emotional and psychological consequences of domestic violence can cross generations and last a lifetime. And I do want to read to you the National Domestic Violence Hotline. It is 1-800-799-7233. 
uh, and the seven two three three uh in parentheses it stands for the it spells out the word safe. So one eight hundred seven nine nine safe. One eight hundred seven nine nine safe. It is not always easy to determine in the early stages of relationship if one person will become abusive. Domestic violence intensifies over time. Abusers may often seem wonderful and perfect initially, but gradually become more aggressive and controlling as the relationship continues. Now, this is what I was saying in the beginning. Like, there are some times when people, they don't start off as abusers, but I do believe that a lot of people who the majority of the people who do the abusing have been abused in their past as a child or as a young adult. And I think that their brokenness is is carrying over into adulthood and how they treat people now. I'm not saying that this isn't an excuse um, to stay with the person. I'm not saying that this isn't, is, is an excuse to um, try to feel sorry for the person. But what I'm saying is, is that hurt people hurt other people. Broken people break other people. And people who do the abusing, they need they need help. They need therapy. They need prayer. They need help just as much as a person who is being battered needs help and assistance. What does abuse include? Abuse may begin with behaviors that may easily be dismissed or downplayed, such as name-calling, threats, possessiveness, or distrust. So I can give a better definition for the word possessiveness or um, distrust. So some people, some partners, you know, man or female, um, may play off that, you know, they love you so much and they don't want anyone else to have you. Um, They may try to tell you, oh, you know, uh, you're the only one for me and I don't want anyone to have you. And in the beginning, you may think that this is flattering. You know, you know, you may think that, oh, you know, I'm the apple of his eye or I'm the apple of her eye. And you may find this to be cute or, you know, flattering or whatever have you. But really, later on down the line, this can be a sign of possessiveness and they could, um, they could be a person of distrust. It could be jealousy. It can be envy. It can be whatever it is. And it just, they, predators who've been doing this a while knows how to um, mimic possessiveness and distrust into a form of admiration for the person who they are uh, abusing so they can hide it. Um, abusers may apologize profusely for their actions or try to convince the person they are abusing that they do these things out of love or care. However, violence and control ways always intensifies over time within abuser despite the apologies. What may start out as something that was first believed as harmless, giving an example, wanting the victim to spend all their time only with them because they love them so much, escalates into extreme control and abuse, threatening to kill or hurt victims or others if they speak to family, friends, etc., some examples of abuse tendencies include, but not are limited to, telling the victim that they can never do anything right, showing jealousy of the victim's family and friends and time spent away, meaning that they eventually like to try to isolate them. They like to isolate their, their praise. Um, accusing the victim of cheating. You know how some may say, um, 
oh, you're going out, you're cheating on me. So now when you try to go out and have fun, you're going to feel guilty because you're going to think that they think that you're cheating. So it's, it's a guilt mechanism to try to get you to not go out and have fun. Keeping or discouraging the vic- victim from seeing friends or family members. Again, isolation. Embarrassing or shaming the victim with put-downs. Uh, controlling every penny spent in a household. This is economic abuse. Taking the victim's money or refusing to give them money for expenses. Again, this is economic abuse. Looking at or acting in ways that scare the person they are abusing. Controlling who the victim sees, where they go, what they do. Dictating how the victim dresses, where they're here, etc. Stalking the victim or monitoring their victim's every move in a person or also via the internet and or other devices such as GPS tracking and the victim's phones. I do know that there are um, apps out there and other devices that you can attach to the phone to track, you know, people, um, GPS tracking, you know, on the cars, you know, on the phones to monitor, you know, there's even apps to actually monitor what what you are doing on your phone. So that's another way of abuse. Um, another one is preventing the victim from making their own decisions, uh, telling the victim that they are a bad parent or threatening to hurt, kill, or take away their children. Um, this is the most common one. Uh, threatening to hurt or kill the victim's friends, loved ones, or pets. Intimidating the victim with guns, knives, or other weapons. Pressuring the victim to have sex when they don't want to or to do things sexually they are not comfortable with. Forcing sex with others. Refusing to use protection when having sex or sabotaging birth control. Um, I do know that there are some men and women who, and yes, I say men, there are some men and women who they feel like the only way they can gain control over you, over you is if um, they get you pregnant. Um, there are women who feel like if I have his baby or multiple babies that they would stay. It's it's a form of um, control. Um, I've actually seen one situation where a man uh, didn't want his wife to use uh, birth control, take birth control, um, or I'm sorry, not his wife, but he didn't want his girlfriend to take birth control, but he said that he would use protection. So what he would end up doing is, is poking holes in the condoms. So eventually she got pregnant. So now on his end, that was a tactic of whether or not he, they stayed together. He, he knew that because she, uh, eventually would have his baby that they would always be bonded over that baby. They, she she would have to, you know, let him see the child and things like that. So those are some of the things where people can sabotage or to try to stay connected with you by um, destroying your birth control pills or to not use protection so you can get pregnant or so they can get pregnant, etc. Pressuring or forcing the victim to use drugs or alcohol. Preventing the victim from working or attending school, harassing the victim at either um, work, keeping their victim up all night so they can perform badly at their job or in school. Now, this one is a new one for me. Um, When I initially read uh, this, one of the signs of abuse is keeping the victim up all night so they can perform badly at school or at a job. That was new for me. I've never heard of that being a form of abuse, but I'm glad that it's on here because this is why it's important to communicate. 
um, all the things that a person is doing because there's always some form of abuse that someone hasn't heard of and it, it can it can be shared that way. It, other people who are being abused can be enlightened because to them, they may not think of it that way, but if they hear it, and it's, it might be like a light bulb that goes off and says, oh, wow, this is happening to me. Um, I never knew this. Um, destroying the victim's property. So that's just a list that I'm reading um, off of this uh, organization website um, that lists some of the ways where People can be abused in in possibly recognizing signs of abuse. Um, is domestic violence always physical abuse? No. Um, it is important to note that domestic violence does not always manifest as physical abuse. Um, emotional and psychological abuse can often be just as extreme as um, physical violence. And I've heard in recent years that um, even being in an abusive relationship can cause PTSD. And and that's that's something that you really have to think about and consider that a person would rather probably go off to war than rather be in another abusive relationship because of the such trauma that leaves behind. And when you think of an abused person, a, a victim of emotional, physical, psychological abuse, spiritual abuse, economic abuse, can end up with PTSD and they haven't even seen a war or possibly a dead body, that lets you know and gives you insight into the darkness of being on the other end of being in an abusive relationship, and it's, it's terrible, it's terrifying, and it's, it's sad. Um, but it's, it's unfortunately a reality, you know? It's, it's a reality that we have to keep exposing. It's a reality that we have to keep talking about in a safe place and in a safe place because that's the only way to get things out there and to to prayerfully have someone come up to you and say, hey, I'm being abused. Can you help me? Or if they don't do that, maybe it'll help you recognize the signs and say, you know what? I think I'm recognizing that, you know, one of my friends is going through something. Let me reach out to them and ask them, are they okay? Okay. But I do say, this with caution, we can help um, people, you know, as much as possible. And we can help our friends and our loved ones as much as possible when it comes to domestic violence, when it comes to um, assault situations. But there's a point where you can help. And then there's a point to where you have to stop and then you have to seek professional help for your friend, for your loved one, because what happens, um, and it still happens to this day, is, is that, you know, we can try to want to play superhero in someone's lives, and we may end up in a situation where, if we're not careful, we can get harmed, you know, we can get arrested, um, we can get entangled in a situation where the only thing that you were trying to do was to help help your friend. You know, example, you may get called over to a house. You know, your girlfriend may say, hey, you know, he's hitting me again. Um, and th- and this, this could be a male or female, you know, going to assist their friend. And you may end up going to the house thinking that, okay, like last time I'm, I'm going to, you know, diffuse the situation. 
Um, I'm going to, you know, just help her pack a bag. And this time, he or she may really be losing their minds. You know, the 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 predator, the person who's doing the abusing, you know, they be, they may really be off of the meat rocker, and they may have a weapon. You know, you may go there thinking that, oh, this is gonna be just like last time, and she's gonna stay away from for a few days, or he's gonna stay away for a few days, and you know, the other person is just gonna calm down, and they may actually end up you know, shooting you or shooting the person who's trying to help. And now, you know, you're, you know, dead in the, you know, in the coroner's office, all because you try to help a situation when your gut feeling told you, you know, I should call 911. I should call um, the EMTs. Um, I should call the ambulance, you know, or I should call someone who can professionally diffuse the situation and they have the degree to, handle such situations and they have the appropriate type of weapons to handle the situation and unfortunately yes that's law enforcement and yes you don't want the person to possibly get harmed but it's better for you to call the police officer for for them to de-escalate the situation rather than you trying to defend you know your friend who is the victim and and you end up in jail on charges you know of assault and battery against the actual predator now you're in jail, you know, with weapon charges and things like that. So we can want to help and we, we as humans, we, we can want to be the superhero in the situations. But we have to be wise enough to know that we cannot always save a person physically from a situation. You're going to have to call for help. You're going to have to call for backup. You're going to have to call 911. Um, it's, it's better that way, you know, that you do stuff like that um, for the situation. So it's okay to want to help. Um, it's okay to to want to assist them, but just be aware, you know, of what the capable what the person is capable of doing. Uh, be aware of what the victim is capable of doing, because you know they may end up snapping, you know, in in a situation that you may be trying to de-escalate. And you know, I've I've heard someone say years ago they was like a blood doesn't have a name on it. You know, whoever hits, it hits. So just be careful when you're trying to, you know, help, you know, help people and, you know, help your friends. Or if a person comes up to you and say, hey, you know, I'm being abused, you know, can you help me? You know, you can um, assist them in different ways versus you trying to go over and assist them physically by yourself. Um there are websites out there in every state. Like I can't, it, I, in my research, I was researching and trying to find so much information on as much as I can talk about on my podcast, but I'll link some of the, the um, websites if I can. Um, there's help in every state uh, within the United States, even overseas, there's help. There is, there's websites, there's um, hotlines, there's phone numbers, there's law enforcement who are trained to de-escalate situations like this. Some, um, there are organizations that can help you. It doesn't matter if you're an atheist going to a Catholic church to say, hey, can I um, seek shelter here for a night? Or um, if you go to a church to say, hey, I'm, I'm being abused, do you have a program that can help? Like, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, there's churches, there's organizations out there that are willing to help. They are willing to put you up in a hotel for a few days. Um, there are certain organizations that get um, funding from the state, the federal uh, government, 
um, to to have a pot of money to help men and women and children in these situations. So there's help out there. Um, you can seek it. You know, every state has a program. Every city, every county has a program. They have funding. Um, they have shelters. There's there's uh, shelters for battered women and children and men. Um, there's so much information out there um, that you can you can uh, find, and you may not have the the resources. Possibly, you know, if you're in a situation to where every every movement in your household is being controlled, um, every every movement is being watched. You may feel like, man, um, there's no way for me to get out. I pray that it is my prayer that you gain the wisdom on how to get out safely because I cannot tell you how many people die every single day at the hands of an abuser, you know. I can't tell you how many times a day where children, you know, die at the hands of, you know, their abuser, you know, um, their guardians who they say that uh, they're supposed to take care of them, they're supposed to protect them, but they're the ones who are the enemy. Um, There's so many people who die every single day. I think I was reading a statistic that says um, one child uh, dies every five seconds um, from the hands of an abuser, and that broke my heart because I'm like, wow, children who are innocent, who they didn't ask to be in this world, they didn't ask to be here, but they they were created, and now they have to suffer at the hands of an adult who who has problems and they need help as well. Um, and then one of the questions that I know people may get, you know, why do victims stay? You know, there's, my father always taught me never to judge, never to judge people in their situations because you don't know why a person chooses to do what they do. And that's been always been instilled, instilled in me to not judge. Now, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm human. You know, I have my thoughts on certain situations. But with the Holy Spirit, I, I sometimes get insight into a situation. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell me just when I'm having those judgmental um, times, the, the Holy Spirit will check me. You know, I said, check me at the gate. <laughs> And the Holy Spirit will, you know, just ease and say, you know, don't judge. Don't, you don't know what it's like. And like my father used to always tell me, you know, we don't know why people say. There's many, many reasons why people say um, for the protection of their children. Um, when it is a viable option, you know, it is best for victims to do what they can to escape their abuses, you know. But this is not the case in all situations. It's Abusers repeatedly go to extreme measures to prevent the victim from leaving, um, to prevent, you know, the mother or the father from taking their children away. Um, leaving an abuser in is the most dangerous time for a victim of domestic violence. Uh, one study found in some of the interviews with men who have killed their wives that either threats or of separation by their partner or actual separations were most often the precipitating events that led to the murder, which is very, very sad. Um, a victim's reason for staying with their abusers are extremely complex and in most cases are based on the reality that their abuser will follow through with the threats that they have used to keep them trapped. 
the abuser the abuser will hurt or kill them they will hurt or kill their kids they will they will win custody of the children they will harm or kill pets or others they will ruin the victims financially and the list can go on and on and on um the victim in violent relationships knows their abusers best and fully knows the extent to which they will go to make sure you know that they have and can maintain control you know of their victim and the victim literally may not be able to safely escape you know they may not be able to protect those who they love so they they stay you know and even in a recent study of intimate partner homicides found that 20% of homicide victims were not the domestic violence victims themselves, but family members, friends, neighbors, persons who intervene, law enforcement responders, or bystanders, you know, and this is what I was talking about earlier, that sometimes you may go to try to de-escalate the situation and you become a victim yourself, you know, with charges and things like that, and you don't want that. So try your best to, if you're on the, the end of watching someone go through this, sometimes the best thing you could do is get professional help. Um, There are additional barriers to escaping violent uh, relationships. And I'm going to read off the list that I jotted down. Um, The reasons why people don't escape is the fear that the abuser's actions will become more violent and may become lethal if the victim attempts to leave. And this has happened plenty of times. Um, unsupportive friends and family, you know, I've seen this, you know, happen to other people where there are people who they're judgmental and they're, they're cold and they're stern and they're, they say things like, um, and there are some, some older generations who feel like you should just tough it out, you know, they'll change, you know, they'll settle down. Um, so they don't support, you know, the victim, you know, they say, you know, well, you got into this relationship, you know, that's your fault, you know, I'm not going to help you. Or, you know, they may be afraid, so they don't support. And when you you are in, when you're in any situation to where you feel like you're not supported, you're alone, it makes you feel vulnerable. It makes you feel weakened. And most of all, it makes you feel like you cannot conquer this task at hand because, you do need help. You need support. You need financial support. You need a, a, a village of people to help you, you know. And if you're not having that support from friends and family, it you feel like, man, I'm just going to keep going into this dark hole. If no one's going to help me, then, you know, I can't help myself. Um, knowledge of the difficulties of single parenting and reduced financial circumstances, you know, especially if the person who's doing the abusing uh, has the most money. You know, if they support for pretty much everything. Um, The victim feeling that the relationship is a mix of good times, love, and hope along with the manipulation, intimidation, and fear. So you may have someone who they may, the reason for them staying is is that they think of the good times. They think of when they loved each other. Or they have hope because the perpetrator, the, the, the predator is manipulating them is intimidating them is is maybe saying oh this is your fault if you were this way I wouldn't be acting out you know like this um the victim's lack of knowledge of or access to safety and support um that could be another reason why they stay you know knowledge is truly power um fear of losing custody of any children if they leave or divorce their abuser or fear the abuser will hurt or even kill their children that has happened before. 
And it happens every day. Even as I'm speaking, there's a child who has died at the hands of their abusers. There is a mother who has died at the hands of her abuser. There's a man who has died at the hand of their abuser. It can it can happen to anyone. Um, lack of means to support themselves and or their children financially or lack of access to cash, bank accounts, or assets. Lack of having somewhere to go. You know, if there's no friends or family to help you and you don't have any money for like a hotel or you are not aware of any of the shelter programs, you know, in your area and you may not feel you may not know that these things are out there. Um, fear that homelessness may be their only option if they leave. And a lot of times being afraid of homelessness, especially around a winter time when you're in cities along you know, any parts of the world to where winters are harsh, you know, it's better to stay in an abusive relationship, they may think, in wintertime than it is to leave and to be out in the streets homeless and cold, especially if they have children. Um, religious or cultural beliefs or practices may not support divorce and may dictate outdated gender roles and keep the victim trapped in relationships. I've seen this before. Um, and I personally want to say, you know, as a Christian, you know, there are some people who they don't believe in divorce, but Honey, if you have to leave him or her, sign those divorce papers because it is not worth it. Um, God is not going to ever tell you to stay in a relationship to where someone is abusing you and your children and you're going to eventually end up dead in, in a casket six feet under. That's not what God has for you. You know, that, that, is, not, that is not something that God would have for anybody, you know, whether you're saved or not. Um, and my last uh, reason that I jot down is belief that two-parent household are better for children despite abuse. So as you can see, there's so, 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 so many um, reasons why people stay. And this is not to say this to pass judgment because, like I said, I'm not judging. I don't ever want to judge nobody being abused. Um, I've seen it happen to people growing up. I've seen it happen to people as an adult. And it's it's it is heartbreaking. It is so heartbreaking. It's, it's heartbreaking to watch a person um, be abused by their partner, knowing that they're pregnant, and they eventually are are end up having a miscarriage. You know that's heartbreaking too. To watch a person not only lose their their soul from a relationship, but lose a part of their soul because they lost their child. Like that's heartbreaking because you you want to help them. And you want to get them the help that they want, but it's harder when they don't want to leave or when they can't leave. And you just have to sit back and you have to watch. Like it's it's, it's very difficult and it's heartbreaking. Um, and there are also societal uh, barriers to escaping a violent relationship. Um, a victim's fear of being charged with dissertation, losing custody of children or d- joint assets. You know, you like I said, if you have a person who is doing abusing and they have money, they have a a social status, you know, they may be a mayor or a pastor of a church, you know, that may play a role, you know, in, in looking at the person who's in the position of power, because there may be people who don't want to challenge this person, or you may have those people who are thinking, they, they have whatever thoughts that they want to have, um, anxiety about, a decline in living standards for themselves and their children, you know, uh, money, positional power, um, reinforcement of clergy or secular counselors of saving a couple's relationship at all costs rather than a goal stopping the violence, um, 
lack of support to victims by police officers and law enforcement who may treat violence as a domestic dispute instead of a crime where one person is physically attacking another person. Um, in cases like this, often victims of abuse are arrested and charged by law enforcement, even if they are only defending themselves against the batterer. Now, this this is truthful. And, and in sad circumstances, this is another reason why people who may be abused or, you know, being abused, they may not want to call law enforcement because in the past when they have called law enforcement, this is the things that has happened. And it's unfortunate, but it's true. And this may be a lack of training on, on uh, the police department's end of as to why, you know, these police officers are approaching the situation in such a way to where it's not seen for what it really is. Um, dissuasion by police of the victims filing charges. Some dismiss or downplay the abuse side with the abuser or do not take the victim's account of the abuse seriously, which is also terribly sad. Um, despite the issuing of a restraining order, there is little to prevent, you know, a released abuser from returning and repeating the abuse. You know, protective orders are in place for a reason. So if it is violated, uh, that way they can be charged. But if the abuser is successful in his or her attempt to abuse, you know, the victim again, and this time at a great cost, which is unfortunately death, then there's that's the end of that. Um, despite greater public awareness and the increased avail- availability of housing for victims fleeing violent partners, there are not enough shelters to keep victims safe. Um, some religious and cultural practices that stress that divorce is forbidden, which is terrible. Um, the sociali- socialization of some may made to believe that they are responsible for making their relationships work. Failure to maintain the relationships, you know, may be seen as a failure. You know, just like how back in the days when if a woman couldn't conceive and give birth to a child, they looked at her, you know, like she was a failure, you know, to provide or to be able to carry or bear a child. You know, it's the shame that they put on people to not live a certain way, to not live a certain lifestyle. That can also be a factor in whether a person stays or not. So there's so many reasons why people stay. And I'm sure there's, you know, things up here that are not even listed or things that I've jotted down that are not uh, listed as to why people stay, you know, in relationships. Um, And it's not our place to judge why people stay. Uh, The best thing that we can do is to get them help the best thing that we can do is try to get them help, and it's it's a hard battle. It's a it's an uphill battle. Um, but it is my prayer that uh you take this podcast to heart. Um, you may know someone who's being abused, verbally, physically, emotionally, economically. Um, you 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 yourself, as you're listening to this podcast, you may have been in an abusive relationship and you're thinking, okay, I got out, now what? There's help. There's so many emotional support groups out there. You know, you can research it online. You can go to the library and get a book for free, you know, if you don't want to pay, you know, for certain things. Um, access to the internet at a library is free. You know, there's, you know, there's uh, coffee spots and hot spots where you can get free internet. Um you can learn about what's available in your state 
you know, um, you can learn about what's available in your, your city, your, your county, you know, what, what shelters are available for support, um, what programs that you can help, you know, get your children, you know, uh, in shelters and things like that. There's so much information out there. Um, there's, there's money out there. Um, unfortunately, there may not be access to available shelters, but there's something, there's programs out there, there for you. And I pray that you find something in that you get out of the situation that you're in, whether it's, you know, whether you think it's your fault, whether you feel like you were disobedient, you didn't hear from God, and, and now you're thinking you're getting what you deserve. You don't deserve to be abused. You don't deserve to be hurt um, physically or emotionally. You don't deserve to watch your kids go through uh, torture. You know, no one deserves this. It Don't think, you know, because you did X, Y, and Z that this is your payback. This is This is not your payback. This is not the life that God has for you. God does not have this. This is this is not meant to be your end. Um, I pray, I pray, honestly. I really do. I pray. I pray that those of you who are in abusive relationships that you, you can get out and you can get out safely. And when you do get out, don't go back. Um, do not go back to what tried to break you. Do not go back to what tried to hurt you. Um, I pray for the safety of your children. I pray for wisdom. I pray for courage. I pray that you do have family and friends that will support you. Um, even though I know that that's not the, that's not going to be the case for, for everyone. I just, I, but I, it still is my prayer that you find people that can help you. Um, and if it's not family or friends, I pray that God puts in your path, people who can help you in that. Not only does God put in your path, the people who can help you, but I pray with all honest prayer that you that God opens your eyes to the help that He sends, because we as people, when we ask God for help, when we ask Him to send people our way, sometimes we cannot see the help that is in front of us. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes the hurt, the pain, the the mistrust, the walls we build. Sometimes we cannot see through those walls, especially if those walls have no windows. It's hard to see who's there for you. It's hard to see, you know, the ones who can help you when you've been hurt so much, when you've been battered, when your heart is just so hardened. But it is my prayer that God opens your eyes to see who he has sent you for help. And I pray that you get out of the situation alive um, and not on, you know, a cold table laying, them ready to dissect your body and do an autopsy to, to see all what happened and, and exactly how you died. I, I pray that this is not the case. Um, and yeah, it, that, that is my prayer. Um, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, and I also did a YouTube video on domestic violence. Um, if you guys want to, uh, go watch that, it's on YouTube under my name, Ebony Hollis Brooks. Um, so yeah, this is a sensitive topic, and but I I pray that it's not taken lightly. I pray that those of you who can help people, who who can help others, get out of a situation safely, courageously, um, 
because there are people who walk around there. There are people who walk around there hurting, and I pray that not only if you do recognize it in your friends and family members that you can you can have the courage to to confront them and say, hey, you know, um, what's going on? You know, why do you have a black eye? You know, why why do you keep having these bruises on your body? And I also pray that you also can open your eyes to the people who are around you. Who it may be a coworker, it may be someone walking down the street. And you may get a feeling, you know, maybe I should reach out to this person and, 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 and ask them, are they okay? Maybe they need help, but maybe they're so gone in their minds that they're not aware of their surroundings. I pray that you go with your gut feeling to, to get them help um, that they need or at least put them in a direction or put them in in the past where they can get help or if you cannot help them, reach out to someone who you may know who probably can help them. Um, that's God's sin. So I pray that you were um I I pray that this I can't say I pray that you were blessed by this message. I that's not the words I'm trying to I pray that you were awakened by this message. I pray that um that you can help those who need help safely <clears throat> without trying to be some person's savior um, because that's not what Jesus called us to do. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Uh, we can help people, but we can't be their God. Um, and I pray that if you do see the signs that you can get the person help or you can have the courage to ask someone, hey, are you okay? You know, uh, what's going on? Um and to, and to also ask them, hey, are you thinking about committing suicide? Because there are some people out there who, they are being abused, their children are being abused, and to them, their only way out is to try to kill themselves. So I pray that you ask them, are they okay? And if they are thinking about harming themselves or someone else, because sometimes when people are pushed to a breaking point, they they rationalize all types of things that are not rational in but to them, it's it's a safe haven. To them, it's a light at the end of, end, end of the tunnel. So I pray that you, um, yeah, I just, I, I, yeah, that is my prayer. So um, I will end this right now, and I will post another podcast next month. And uh, if you want to keep up with them, with what I'm, what I'm doing, um, whether it be my podcast, my YouTube, just you know, subscribe to my YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, and you'll.